What's up? Welcome back to the Secret Sauce Podcast, where we chat with Chick-fil-A owner-operators about their secret sauce for positively influencing all they come into contact with. Listen, you are about to be so thankful you click play on this episode. My guest, Daniel Andrews, is an owner-operator out of the Denver, Colorado market. He is an absolute guru when it comes to helping us and others focus on what we are becoming, what we are becoming. It's like if Yoda, Mr. Miyagi, and Gandalf all morphed together into the same person, it would be Daniel. (laughs) In all seriousness, you're going to want to grab a pen or open up the notes app on your phone for this one. Let's dive in. Daniel, fired up to have you on the Secret Sauce podcast. Welcome to the show, man. Man, Josh, super pumped to be here. Thank you in advance and uh, love what you're doing here with the Secret Sauce. Absolutely. My first question for you is going to be in light of a recent commitment you made, Daniel. We talked offline a little bit about your pursuing running the Leadville 100. For those listeners that don't know what that is or have never heard of that before, explain that for our listeners really quickly, Daniel. Yes. Yeah. With my free time, I love mountain running. It's one of my passions. And the Leadville 100 here in Colorado is a hundred mile foot race through the mountains of Leadville. And it's beautiful. And I got the opportunity to support somebody in it this year and am geared up for some training for the next year to get after it next August. That's awesome, dude. I can't wait. I'm a part of the Daniel Andrews fan club. I'm sure they got like live updates somewhere. I'm going to be- It's a small club. My- small club. <laughs> I'm the president, actually. Yeah. Uh, but super cool. So you heard that correctly. 100 miles is what he just said, which sounds absolutely ridiculous, but we're going to cheer for you along the way, Daniel. My question for you is, you got just enough room in your water belt, fanny pack, whatever contraption you're wearing on the run. You get to, you, you're stuffing a, a couple of uh, Chick-fil-A sauces in your pouch to help sustain your energy levels on this 100 mile run through the mountains. What sauce are you packing for your run? Hmm, great question. You know, I've done a lot of research on the nutrition side of running, have not tested the Chick-fil-A sauces yet, but I've got to go with ranch. I think I'm just a ranch guy. You can use it on everything. It, it, it's great alone. I, if I'm interested in a higher calorie content, maybe it's Chick-fil-A sauce towards the end of the run, but I'm a ranch guy. That's me. Ranch, classic. We know so much about you now that you just chose ranch. That's it. You and my three-year-old, you guys are, are big ranch guys. Perfect. Daniel, I want to talk more about your secret sauce. And so I've gotten the opportunity to know you over the last several years. I know that you impact your team in just a really positive way. I want to hear if you were to label Daniel's secret sauce for leadership, just the what you focus on to show up and be the best version of yourself for your team and how you add value to them. What would the name of that sauce be? What would be your secret sauce? Yeah, Josh, the thing that that I'm really excited right now is, is these three words, building bright futures. And I think it's my secret sauce on a lot of fronts in life. But really, I created, I came up with these three words about five years ago when we created the the entity name of our business. And so on everybody's paycheck here 
at our Chick-fil-A restaurants. It says Building Bright Futures, LLC. More recently, we've pulled it into our vision statement in the business. And so the first part of our vision statement in our organization is that we exist. The reason we open our doors and sell chicken every, every day is that we exist to build bright futures for our team. I like to say that people think we sell chicken and give paychecks. And I really believe we're in the business of building bright futures for our team members. You know, I think this plays over into my family life as well. One of my core convictions in in our family unit and raising our kiddos, we've got four small kids, is to be a part of building bright futures for my children. On the personal side, I think I've pulled this in as well and uh, get really excited about the type of person I'm becoming, the type of future I'm building in life and family and work. And so building bright futures is is probably my secret sauce. If I were to try to define that, Josh, it would be the first part would just be this idea of bright futures. Like we be, we believe people have unlimited potential to do beautiful things. We believe people have unlimited potential to do beautiful things. And then the second part is this, is that, man, we are builders. We get to play a role in identifying, resourcing, and fueling the gifts, passion, and potential of others. And so what I get really excited about is, is building bright futures. Goodness gracious. That was so good. I'm trying to figure out where to go first, Daniel, but but three areas that I heard you talk about there. The first was from an organizational level there with your team at Chick-fil-A, yeah. that being one of the main focuses. A- another area of focus would be the family side of things with how that plays out on the Andrews home front. The third prong, I guess, would be a, a focus on on who you're becoming personally and those all feed off of each other, I'm sure. Yep. One, that's one of the things that I love the most about you, Daniel, is certainly you're focused on the business side of things, but there's also this holistic approach to growing yourself that overflows into you know, who you are on the home front with your family and, and who you are individually as you interact with people inside and outside of Chick-fil-A. Let's take it one by one, though. I'd love to start with the organizational side of things. It's what you mentioned first. And so what does that practically look like with the team as you're interacting with them? How does building bright futures play out with a team member that would say, come into work with you? Yeah, for sure. I can share a little bit of that. I'll zoom out first, Josh, you know, this last year, I think all of us Chick-fil-A restaurants got mailed this book by Marcus Buckingham called Love and Work. Incredible book. Uh, what Marcus talks about in this book is really the idea that sometimes we we separate our loves from work. Like we go and do the thing and then we leave work and do the things that we love. And what is maybe not natural to us, but what we see over people that have had really successful long-term effective careers is these people that have dedicated a, a specific amount of time and energy towards discovering their loves in their career and their vocation and actually beginning to foster and grow that and double down on it. There's an exercise in the book called the red threads exercise with the idea of you've got these red threads in your life and in your vocation that really give you a lot of joy that fill you up, maybe areas where like time just flies. And so be really intentional about discovering what those red threads are. We've we've talked a lot this year with our director team of how can you bring more love into what you do at work? Like, what are the pieces that you really enjoy doing and how can you double down on those and make that more of your job? Not that you love every piece of your job, but there are specific things that you pursue that, that fill you up and give you a lot of joy. And that's what Building Bright Futures is with me specifically. It's, it's man, as I look at my leadership team, I get the most amount of joy from my work when I surround myself with some talented, hungry people 
and I go all in on their development. And then I also get out of their way and let them have real responsibility in the in the business and and have their own decision making and autonomy. And so this is one of those things that I've played out this year of of love and work with with your red threads. The second thing is I'm rereading Essentialism by Greg McCown right now. One of the way he words it is what's your highest contribution to the things that really matter? And so I'm at this season in my career where maybe things were out of a building phase where it's rocky and crazy. And now it's like, man, what are the, what is actually my highest contribution to the things that really matter in my life on the work front and family front? So I've just kind of doubled down and look forward to this, this next decade of really doubling down on these three words. But to answer your question, Josh, specifically when it comes up on the professional side or with my team on what building bright futures looks like, the first thing is our management approach. Really the top of our business is run by a leadership program. So I'm constantly recruiting and developing and launching people out of our business. We've got the Building Bright Futures Leadership Program where people jump in for two and a half years and have their own test kitchen to learn and lead. They learn a lot about business and leadership. They're given real responsibility. And then we include things in their experience over time to where they have six months of leadership coaching. I allocate a lot of resources towards different, different ways to support them. But Gretchen on our team wanted to pursue becoming a leadership coach. So we paid for her to get to go through leadership coaching certification. And now she's pursuing that and launching her business in the months to come. Each leadership meeting, we start with a chapter from this book called Chop Wood, Carry Water. It's just two or three pages, but it's a beautiful concept of really enhancing your leadership style in where you're going with your bright future. When, you know, that's at the management level, Josh, if we look lower in the organization at the team member level, we've got a lot of our team is Spanish speaking. And so we actually have bilingual tutoring as people come into this country and work really hard and help support our business. We help them learn the English language. We help our management team learn the Spanish language to be able to communicate with them. So we offer bilingual tutoring. We've kind of built in into our team member development process is as you get promotions, life development is a piece of it. So you go through the Myers-Briggs assessment. You talk about what your dreams and goals are in life. We have leadership conferences that we bring all of our management team to every year. We brought 32 people from our upper and mid-level management team this year to the Ignite Chick-fil-A Leadership Conference here in Denver. It was awesome and incredible experience. We offer a service with a corporate chaplain that comes in and cares for our team members that are going through some challenging times in life. We have free therapy services. There's a lot. We get really excited about trying to find ways to build bright futures to where people can learn to be better at Chick-fil-A, but also learn and pursue a really beautiful future in their life. And one of the things that's been really fun, Josh, too, on this note is that as I've entered the business with this vision of something that's a core conviction of mine, it's been really fun to share and to invite others into it. And so there's been a lot of ideation at the director level, and they've helped me figure out ways to continue to sink this vision deeper into the organization and grow it. I'm fired up. I am sure all of our listeners are so fired up right now. The level of passion that you speak with, Daniel, I can just, I can tell the conviction that exists there that you just talked about. One of my favorite parts about what you said, none of it was like operationally or like chicken based, right? And the chicken part of things is important. And I know that there's stuff that exists there technically that's helping support the team, but it's really a means to the end of the building brighter futures part, the people development part that gets you fired up, that gets me fired up. And it's really where we get the most fulfillment out of our work and out of life. There's a lot of things that you just mentioned that are instigating a lot of growth within your team. Daniel, for the for the person who's listening, maybe the new operator or 
you know, director that's trying to figure out what this whole development puzzle looks like, how would you encourage that person? Where would you say, hey, start here or like focus here first, right? There's a list of things that you could go and do. And I, I would encourage you to go rewind and listen to that list that, that Daniel just rattled off. But if you could pick one thing and say, hey, start with this, where would that, what would that thing be? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Josh. You know, we tend to bring people in that are earlier in their career, maybe that have had some external experience, but are the, that are new to Chick-fil-A. And so we've had a lot of external hires into our leadership team and are beginning to share this idea, this hunger for growth and this idea that we have unlimited potential to do beautiful things and, and that they own a piece of it and that we own a piece of it. And so as people jump into our organization, they tend to catch this bug. And I, I think when it comes to like, how do we start or how do we pursue that? There's really four maybe top mindsets that come to mind that that we've learned from over time or we've gained from other resources outside of our organization. And so we've got these four mindsets on, on pursuing building a really bright future for yourself or others in your organization. The first one, Josh, is this. It's and maybe this is the the right place to start. It it significantly grabbed me a few years ago in my journey, but it's this idea of becoming, not accomplishing. And so there's this professor from UCLA that passed away fairly recently named Dallas Willard. And Dallas Willard's known for this quote on life isn't about what you accomplish. It's about the type of person you become. I caught this in a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry a few years back, read that book three times, and it radically changed my approach to my career and my life. And it's this idea of like, life is not about what you accomplish. It's about the type of person you become. You know, maybe we hear of this in the business world as like eulogy values over resume values, or we hear about this in, in like personal leadership and in, in the, the language of formation, like we're being formed into a type of person. What type of person are we being intentional about becoming? And I just spent a lot of my life in my younger years with a lot of my gifting focused on accomplishment. I, I think it left left me pretty empty. And this has helped me reshape how I'm pursuing my own personal future in building bright futures on becoming, not accomplishing. So if you look at it on the personal side, a lot of my goals orientation early in my career was like, you know, hitting specific metrics in Chick-fil-A or hitting big goals in my personal life and accomplishing specific things. And right now it's kind of shifted over time into more of a habit-based approach. Like what type of person am I becoming through my life plan with daily, weekly, monthly habits? And so becoming not accomplishing is like a great place to start, Josh. I think that's been one of the formative things for us. The second mindset that we like to talk about is like everything is growth. This is not a pass or fail game. Everything is growth. This is not a pass or fail game. And so we actually got this. There's a great chapter in Chop Wood, Carry Water that I mentioned earlier that references this. I think this idea of like all of learning is growth allows us to pursue failure. It allows us to like react and respond to failure with a better relationship. It allows us to dream really big instead of having like a fear mindset. It allows us to approach it with a lot of courage. So everything is growth. It's not pass or fail. The third thing that we really try to think about, Josh, is like hard, not easy. We do hard things. This is big. There's a book called Comfort Crisis that talks about here in the modern U.S. where you start air conditioning and heating and we love comfort, but there's something really special and like anything worthwhile usually isn't easy. And so one of the things that we even talk about in our family unit with our kids is like, hey, we do hard things and we're going to instill this in them that they're capable of, of doing really worthwhile things that aren't easy. Dave Ramsey, when, he, when he's talking about finances, says if you want to live like no one else, you have to be willing to live like no one else in the present. 
And I think about that with my career and with a lot of things in life, man, if you want to live like no one else in the future, you have to be willing to live like no one else in the present. So I think a lot about hard, not easy, Josh. And then the last one that I think has been really fun to, to dig into recently is this idea of we build it, we don't find it. We build it, we don't find it. So when it comes to your bright future, what does it look like in pursuing that? There's a lot of ideas on there like go find your passion and then yeah. pursue. a lot of times, you know, if you look at this book, Work and Love, it specifically hits on this. It's not like you graduate college and wait tables until you discover your passion and pursue it. It's like usually you go through an open door and you find what you enjoy and love and you begin to carve out your passions and your journey and your bright future over time. We build it. We don't find it. Um, there's a beautiful book by Dave Evans, a, a uh, professor at UC Berkeley called Designing Your Life. Talks a lot about this as well as you approach like your career and your vocation and how to build it. And so those are those are the four mindsets we think through, Josh, as you begin to start this journey. The last one makes me think about the fact that feelings follow action, not the other way around. If you're just waiting for the feeling to happen, you're probably never going to do it. David Nurse is this MBA trainer, now keynote speaker, author, and he talks about his time training elite level NBA athletes. And he started doing this test with athletes that show up to the gym, but maybe don't have the motivation that they need, right? They're like there, but you know, they're there because their trainer told them to show up, not because they were just wanting to go get better that day. Two minutes was about the average time that it takes for somebody to really get into it. Like once you're willing to commit and go all in right about the two minute mark, 120 seconds, is when the feeling followed. Mm. And I think that's a great example of we build it, right? We build it, we build it, we build it. Going back to what you said before, also, if we want results that nobody else has, we've got to be willing to do things that nobody else does. I heard it put this way recently. You have to be a little weird. Like other people would look at you and be like, that's a little weird. But you know, because you chose this path that is maybe counter-cultural to what mm -hmm. is being crammed down our throats constantly and other people would call weird, you are going to get something in the long run. You're delaying that gratification for what you're becoming, a future version of yourself. I mean, what you said is 100% true. We just live in a convenience, comfort-driven culture that craves immediacy there's a thousand, thousands of different distractions over the course of any given day. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll begin to drift. And we've got to be very intentional, obviously, to have the disciplines, the habits, like you said, the daily, weekly, monthly things that we're doing that we know are doing something in us. I, I mean, I think about like weirdness, right? Just for somebody to come in and you'd be like, hey, we don't really have a ton of like metric driven goals here within business, we're more focused on our daily habits or what mm -hmm. we're doing on a weekly basis. And what that is leading us to, I imagine some people would come in and be like, you know what, that's not what I'm used to seeing with any kind of business model. So man, I just, I get fired up getting to hear some of that stuff. I want to dig into the family side of things. You, you've already started, we're talking about all of it at once, I know, but I want to focus in specifically on family, the family side of things. One, I know there's a lot of people listening that have families that could really benefit from hearing some of the ways that you approach formation within the family. But also I think there's a lot of applicability that goes back and forth, right? Between family and teams. And so unpack 
for me a yeah. little bit what the Andrews family side of things looks like when it comes to building brighter futures. Yeah, for sure. Well, Josh, we had four kids in five years. And so our current ages are six, five, three, two. So life is, is to say the least, very wild and fun. My teammate, Judith, is an incredible person and uh, makes it a really sweet journey. But as we've thought about how we do this and, and how we try to do it really well amidst a lot of uh, the challenges, there have been some awesome resources that have stood out along the way, Josh. One of them is I did some executive coaching with a, an incredible coach named Todd Sandell. He leads the South City Group in Atlanta. And I did some coaching with him two years ago. He also had four kids pretty close together. They're, they're reaching college age now. But he turned me on to this book by Patrick Lencioni called The Three Big Questions of a Frantic Family. And man, it's it, it actually approaches family life a lot like building organizational clarity on vision, vision, mission, purpose. And so my wife and I about once a year get away and really detail on paper from an exercise in this book, what makes our family unique and what's our priority right now? And what are some of our like standard priorities that we need to maintain? And it's allowed us to enter a lot of the chaos with some really fun unity. And so that's been a big resource as we think about build, building bright futures for our kids and just helping build some structure behind the house at home. Another one is like, Josh, man, I just get super excited about building, building bright futures when the kids are like teenage years and we can do a lot of the formation stuff. Until then, the game's a little different when you're changing diapers and, you know, mopping up the floors three times a day. And so it's been difficult to find a resource to figure out what to do in this season. And the thing that's really stood out is this book by Justin Early called The Habits of the Household. And I think you've dug into it as well. It's, it's a sweet resource. But what it does is it breaks down building bright futures for your kiddos, forming your kiddos into basic habits that you have daily and weekly in the house. And so what is it? What does bedtime look like? What does dinner look like? What are your uses and restrictions around technology? What does discipline look like with your kiddos? We actually went through this with a few other couples that we're close with here in Denver. A few that have stood out right now, mainly like when I think about building bright futures for our kids and some of the habits that we've embraced in this season, the first one that's that's been really big that we've got from from Justin Early's book and some other resources. It's just the idea of Sabbath that one day a week, we actually take off. We stop doing things. We rest. We don't work. We don't shop. We don't do chores. The kids love that. We spend time together thinking about God and enjoying his good gifts that he's given us in life. And so every Saturday morning we go get donuts or I make unicorn pancakes, AKA just pancakes with a lot of sprinkles. And we go downstairs in the basement and sit on a blanket and read a Bible story and read some catechisms that they've memorized. And then they get to watch a TV show after. And then later that night, we do a candlelit dinner where we ask some thoughtful questions and enjoy time together. But we have the best food and the best drink and the best time on that day. And the kids come back from school with these little exercises, like what are your favorite things in kindergarten? And like Sabbath is up there on the top three, which which That's just wild. makes my heart full. So Sabbath has been really good. And then more recently, Josh, like, a major thing that we're trying to infuse into the kids is just that we do hard things. And so uh, they're capable of doing really difficult things. And usually anything worthwhile can be really challenging and they're up for it. And so this summer, the kids learned to ride bikes, the oldest two, the five and six year old. And they also learned to swim all the way across the pool. They got out of the pool. They swam across the pool so that they could ride down the slide. They had to pass the certification. They get all the way across the pool. They're like huffing and puffing and they go, see, mommy, I can do hard things. And it's just <laughs> like... Man, in the family unit, I see this 
and even directors sometimes we hire in people that maybe haven't had a lot of challenge orientation in their life and they're like man i am capable of doing hard things and it's like yes mm-hmm. that's beautiful and so those are some of the fun things that that comes to mind specifically on the family side josh embracing the hard man such an incredible skill to develop that goes against what the world tells us of like things are supposed to be easy or to come naturally to you. But it's not the reality. The reality is that everything that's worthwhile is on the other side of difficult really, or isn't typically on the other side of easy. When you start to see it get reproduced is definitely when it hits the hardest. You're just like, yes, we're starting to see some fruit from this, all this hard work and repetition and consistency that we're putting into this. It's finally starting to pay off. I want to go back and recap some of what you mentioned, priorities as a family, making sure that those are established. I think about like vision casting for the business leader, how applicable that is. You talked about rhythms, habits, and there's a lot of different areas of application for those habits. One of the ones examples you mentioned were Sabbath. Because we move in such a fast paced world that is constantly screaming at us to do more, do more, do more, fit more into the schedule. What more can you accomplish that stopping and resting and slowing down almost like goes against the grain, I think for a lot of the things that we're used to, but I I love that that's being completely implemented within the family. And then the last thing there was doing the hard things. We do hard things and embracing the challenges I have a recent story similar to that. My kid's doing swim lessons. It involved a pool also. And my youngest is really, or my middle one is really struggling. He's our three-year-old now. My four-year-old is doing better, but they're like, they take a turn, they take a, a break. They sit on the side of the pool. And then I see my oldest named Elliot. She's four, bring in the three-year-old and like encourage him mm. and say like, you can do this. We do hard things mm. and it's enough just to melt your heart as mm. the father, as the leader, when you see some of those things start to take place. Oh, it's also good. I want to talk about Daniel personally, though. I want to make sure that we have time just to talk about your personal health, how you remain focused on what you're becoming. We mentioned earlier, you're doing things like committing to run in a 100 mile race through the mountains. I know that probably plays a role in and some of the becoming of Daniel, but what are some of the ways that you approach it personally? Great question, Josh. Thanks. As I mentioned before, like life planning, I've always been somebody that's really enjoyed the structure. More recently, I've grabbed onto this idea, uh, what's called a rule of life, but it's the idea of basing your, your life off of specific habits. And so I've got a document that I look at once a week that's just one page and it has kind of my core relationships in life, my core responsibilities and and offices I hold. And and then I've got different categories in my life, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, relational, with specific habits that I commit to. I don't always hit them, but it's a journey of once a week when I plan my week, I read that document and it really helps reorient me because I think if I didn't have that, I would see social media, I would compare myself to others. I would just constantly feel this pull to be something that I'm not or to be somebody else or to be something that maybe is more oriented towards accomplishment and not the type of person I'm becoming. And so that's been really helpful for me. The other thing I would say, Josh, is just this, it's that I've just got a lot of friends in Chick-fil-A and outside of Chick-fil-A that own small businesses, and it can be an all-consuming journey, a lot of responsibility that, that you aren't quite sure how to turn off. 
And one of the beautiful things for me recently has just been this idea of like defining some ambitions outside of my vocation. And so some of that's family, as we've talked about. Some of it's my my stuff I get really excited about in serving and leading at church. And then a big piece of it's running where it's like, man, I've got this, maybe this keystone habit that's like to run really well, I've got to I've got to have great nutrition and I've got to hydrate really well and I've got to sleep really well. And oftentimes in small business ownership, you know, all three of those can fall apart in pursuit of of running this machine that can go crazy and, and get off the tracks. And so when it comes to the personal side, a rule of life and a really habit based life plan has been really helpful and something that I'm still trying to learn how to do and perfect. And then really defining some ambitions and some key things that I get really excited about building some red threads outside of my vocation that bring some balance to the type of person I'm becoming and some health holistically have, have been really fun and, and, and new in this last season. And so that's, that's what I would share. It's good, man. So many good things in there. I think, I, I think it was John Mark Comer, the author of Ruthless Elimination of Hurry yep. that talks about rules of life. And it's not really like a rule, like something that you have to follow it would be most closely compared to like a trellis, like something that you see in a garden that like a, a vine grows on. It's it's more of like a guide or guardrails to where you want to stay as close as you can to that trellis as you navigate upwards. I thought it was just such a beautiful illustration of the rules of life that you're talking about, yeah. Daniel. And there's definitely these domino targets in our lives that exist. You mentioned they typically play off of each other. You know, when you look at things like health, I think it's really important to identify what are those domino targets that I need to be focused on or the, the domino formations that I need to be focused on that are helping enable me in these other areas of my life and making it easier all around. The red threads is really important. What would you say has been critical in helping you find some of those red threads, Daniel? Would you, Any advice on the identification and pursuit of the red threads in your life? Yeah, great question. Todd Sandell, the coach I worked with, we had to work primarily before I even got to this journey on creating some slack in the chain. And I think if you find a lot of people with some capacity and some ambition, man, we just love when the chain is tight, when that bike chain is is you know fully maximized and we're pushing on all fronts. And one of the things he we worked on my schedule and what my priorities and just like week looked like really. And began to carve it back to where we developed some slack in the chain. We developed some white space. When it came to the business, we said, hey, what is your genius in your work is a small amount of things that you're currently doing. The rest of it are sweet developmental opportunities for other people that you can give away. And that'll develop some slack in the chain for you. As I began to develop some margin in life, John Mark Comer says margin is the difference between your load and your limits. As I developed a little bit of gap between my load and my limits, I started to have some creative energy in some other areas. And so I think that was a, a great start for me, something that was painful and, and over several months of resisting it. And so, but developing some slack, some gap in between the margin, so, some more margin in between your load and your limits was a beautiful start to be able to find other things. That's um. That's a great way to bring it full circle, Daniel, with what we've been talking about this whole conversation, creating the space you led with part of your secret sauce was bringing in other people who were capable of some beautiful things and empowering them 
to be able to do those things. And that even creating some of the space that you're talking about to be able to free up some more creative energy, which is so critically important to have, you know, white space or whatever you want to call it in your life so that you can be creative. You think about like the times when the idea strikes, when you have like that new idea, that epiphany moment, it's typically when you have some kind of white space. It's like when you're showering and not doing anything else, or when you're like laying in bed at night, you know, trying to go to sleep or driving in the car with nothing on. And unfortunately we just don't have enough of those opportunities because of the, the pace at which we're moving. So slowing down is obviously critical not to overbeat the drum here that we're talking about today. But man, I, I wanted to say thank you for coming on the show today, Daniel. And I wanted to give the opportunity for you to wrap it up. So as you know, somebody's walking away from listening to this podcast today, um, is there anything that you want to make sure that they walk away with? Like if if they were only going to remember one thing in, in Andy Stanley language, what would be the one thing that you'd want people to walk away with from this conversation? Yeah, Josh, thanks, man. Thank you so much for this time. Let's go be weird, uh, as you mentioned. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think my one thing is is just this. I think it's the more we can live into the idea that people have unlimited potential for a beautiful future and that we get to play a part in it, the more we'll click in to that type of philosophy in life and, and do some beautiful things with others. But Josh, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Unlimited potential for a beautiful future. Powerful words. Thank you again, Daniel. We'll talk to you later, man. The quote that Daniel mentioned from Dallas Willard really stuck with me from our conversation. Life isn't about what you accomplish. It's about the person you become. Life isn't about what you accomplish. It's about the person you become. I just want to chew on that for the rest of the day. I want to personally encourage you to get out there and build a brighter future, whether that's for yourself, someone on your team, or a family member at home. I'll have some of the books Daniel referenced in the episode description in case you want to go check any of those out. I think all of them are really valuable reads. Let's go be weird, people. Until next time, stay saucy, everybody.